Alex Bozed, and welcome to Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant battle to fight back and win against big tech monopolies. We got a bunch of really good topics for today. More Twitter fallout, people freaking out over Elon obviously being able to buy the company for 40-something billion dollars when he's worth over $250 billion. We've been calling it correctly for weeks that that deal was going to go through. Uh, it's not completely done, but we're going to dig into some more of that. Walmart's got some pretty cool news. Third-party fulfillment business grew over 500% last year. We're going to dig into that. Similar topic, uh, but slightly different. Talk, looking at Shopify. Um, Shopify is rumored to be buying the liver. We're going to look more at kind of what they've been doing to blow out their what they would call their Shopify fulfillment network. They've actually been talking about it on earnings calls recently and now here's a clear signal of of what they've talked about actually coming to life through some pretty interesting tech MA uh if this transaction goes through right but this is the rumor mill from bloomberg okay let's start with the fun stuff so twitter announced the deal that they've come to an agreement with elon to to, to purchase the company this was late yesterday monday then this morning we saw the sec filing and in it contains a billion dollar breakup fee that elon would have to pay to Twitter if the deal doesn't go through. This is the craziest thing to me. The deal's been announced. Twitter's stock right now is under $50 a share. Deal's been announced yesterday. Market cap of $38 billion. The guy's offering to buy them for like $44 billion. I'm going to buy more shares tomorrow. Now the news has come out that Elon not only has, has, has also offered a billion dollar breakup fee, right? If the deal doesn't go through, billion dollar breakup fee. But oh boy, is everyone coming after Elon. I mean, this deal is going to go through. Elon's offering a billion dollar breakup fee. A billion dollar breakup fee. I mean, that is material. Shows, I think, his confidence in getting the deal done. It's been a day. You're already seeing people try to oppose this from happening. You're only going to see more of this. There's going to be a lot of flack from interested parties that you know don't have the shareholders' best interest in mind, right? They don't want... You know, basically, they're pro-content censorship. Government's already announced two investigations into Elon that literally happened when Elon made the offer to Twitter. Coincidence? I think not. First of many things, Elon certainly uh, portraying confidence, as he should. This deal is going to go through. Not a financial advisor. Don't take my advice. But yeah, I'm buying more stock. To be expected, bunch of flack coming at Elon. People not wanting this deal to go through. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I feel like this is like Elon's arch nemesis, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos has launched <clears throat> a JV rocket company compared to SpaceX called Blue Origin. Owns the Washington Post, a media publisher, as opposed to Twitter, a content platform. Two very different things. Jeff Bezos, not as rich as Elon, but there was a time when they were, you know, toe to toe. $100 billion poorer than Elon Musk, only at 177 billion, Jeff. But but Jeff would be about 45 billion dollars richer, according to Google, uh, if he hadn't gotten if he well not not if he hadn't gotten divorced, if he hadn't cheated on his wife and then got caught and outed by the Saudis, which then caused him to get divorced. Uh, so he would be at around 220. So it'd be about 45, 50 billion shy of Elon. Jeff Bezos is grumpy. 
He's stirring the pot. He's starting rumors about China. The irony in all of this is that Jeff Bezos acting like the Jeff Bezos's business isn't reliant and in cahoots with China, right? Like Chinese sellers on Amazon, you can see it by country. So here are the top 10,000 sellers in each country. This is Spain, France, Italy, Mexico. Um, and then the U.S. is here at 42%. This is updated as of yesterday data. In, in Spain, it's 57%. France, 55%. Italy, 49%, right? In the US, 4,200 of the top 10,000 sellers on Amazon are from where? Oh, that's right. China. Now, that doesn't even include, I bet you there's some, some sellers that, you know, say they're domiciled in like Vietnam but actually are Chinese, right? That was how China was getting its metal into the U.S. to try and subvert Trump's tariffs, right? Like magically Vietnam's metal production 10x overnight. Hmm, like how did that happen? They, they make 10x the mills? No, it was just Chinese metal brand, you know, marked as Vietnamese or whatever. So I don't even, I bet these numbers are even higher, frankly, and there's a bunch of shenanigans going on here, but it's just so hypocritical to be saying that Elon has a China problem when you are Jeff Bezos and you have single-handedly gutted this country, this country and now Western Europe of its manufacturing capability because you have enabled all these Chinese manufacturers to just sell direct on these marketplaces, right? See it all the time. We've talked about it for years on the show. Full disclosure, we have talked about, we've talked with General Spaulding about, you know, China wanting to try and put its thumb on Elon and they tried it. They tried it with Tesla. We didn't see anything come from it. We've been monitoring this closely. Uh, Elon's launching Starlinks in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, Elon's doing what Elon wants to do. Spaulding is coming back on the show May 6th. New book. You got a comment? And you got a question for him, leave a comment and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Just the connection between Twitter and China. Twitter's foreign interests are from Saudi Arabia. Also funny that Jeff doesn't call out Saudi Arabia when they're the ones that outed him on his affair and then led to his divorce, made him $45 billion less rich. I don't know. Jeff Bezos, get a clue, man. So Walmart Fulfillment Services, WFS, not to be confused with FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon. WFS, growing like wildfire, grew 500% last year. It's a similar program to Fulfilled by Amazon. Some interesting stats that they revealed in this earnings presentation. It's over 200 million items on walmart.com, right? So the large majority of that's actually coming from these third-party sellers. And now more and more of that Inventory is being stored in a Walmart-affiliated warehouse, right? Being fulfilled by Walmart. And obviously, Walmart.com is going to start to give preferential treatment to sellers that are storing their inventory in WFS as opposed to using a third-party solution or certainly using FBA. So now you're going to need to start, you know, if you want to get preferential treatment, if you want to get the buy box on these e-commerce sites, Amazon, certainly now Walmart. You're going to need to start to store your stuff with them.
But, you know, as the marketplace does more and more volume, as e-commerce continues to grow at a huge rate, the demand should be there to justify having to now store inventory basically in two different places or with two different companies and then in multiple locations within those companies, uh, fulfillment networks to sell on those websites or to at least get preferential treatment on those websites. Uh, Walmart added over 20,000 new sellers to the marketplace, which brings them to roughly 140,000 sellers. And according to marketplace polls, they've added about 13 or 14,000 sellers just this year. Kind of wonky. So marketplace pulse is saying January 2021, they had 75,000 sellers. And then by the end of December, they had 130. So they had at least 50,000 new sellers, according to Marketplace Pulse. Walmart is saying, hey, we added 20,000 sellers. I don't know what the difference is there, but I know what's the difference. I mean, you would think Walmart would be correctly reporting that, which I was a little bit into question on uh, what Marketplace Pulse is reporting here. But anyway, a strong number, even if they were at 50 or 75,000 sellers in January, right? Well, Marketplace Pulse had them at 75. If Marketplace Pulse is over-reporting it, let's say they're at like 50,000 and you add 20,000. Either way, you're adding anywhere from call it 25 to 40% additional sellers uh, on the platform in a year. I mean, that's those are pretty good numbers. Unfortunately, Walmart did also open up to Chinese sellers last year, which we were not. We, we did not enjoy seeing that happen. Um, seems like they still got plenty of room to go just growing in the U.S. I know why you have to now start making like special envoys out to China to try and get their sellers on board. I mean, come on. Similar thread, not exactly the same thing, Walmart Fulfillment Services, but a, a part of that is what Walmart is doing in the last mile. So Walmart also got Home Depot uh, somewhat recently in last kind of fall to be one of their big anchor users of what they call go local. So, you know, Walmart is growing their fulfillment services with their third-party sellers. They're now signing up third-party retailers that have a last mile need, getting those customers to come on board. You're also seeing Amazon open up their fulfillment service to other businesses that just happened recently. So a lot of movement in fulfillment, e-commerce fulfillment, last mile fulfillment here. Walmart making big gains, which is great to see. One step, one step closer to uh, you know leveling the play field, playing field against Amazon uh, and Jeff Bezos's ego. This is interesting. So Shopify has been talking about their aspirations to really go after their own fulfillment solution. We we're just talking about Walmart's fulfillment uh, growth, and Shopify has also been talking about this. Ben Thompson had an article you know, a couple months ago, doing a good job talking, you know, kind of highlighting some of what uh, Shopify has been been speaking about here. So back in 2019 is really when Shopify started to talk about the Shopify fulfillment network. Customers want their online purchases fast with free shipping. It's now expected thanks to the recent standards set by the largest companies in the world, uh, Amazon. Working with third-party logistics companies can be tedious. And finding a partner that won't obscure your customer data or hide your brand with packaging is a challenge. Also, Amazon. This is why we're building Shopify Fulfillment Network, a geographically dispersed network of fulfillment centers, with smart inventory allocation technology, right? Kind of helping you figure out 
this is where you should put your product because this is where we can project your customers ordering from, right? So you're kind of intelligently forward placing inventory so you can do quick, cheap fulfillment or faster and cheaper fulfillment is the idea. Use machine learning to predict the best places to store and ship your products so then get to your customers as fast as possible. Negotiated low rates with a growing network of warehouse and logistics providers. UPS is a big partner for Shopify. We support multiple channels, custom packaging and branding, and it's all managed in Shopify, right? Cool. So that brings us to then really just three years later, and actually just a couple months ago on Shopify's earnings call, Shopify has moved away from this vision. The Shopify Fulfillment Network is not going to be a platform like the Shopify App Store, but rather, which is more decentralized, but rather an integrated part of Shopify's core offering like Shop Pay. President Harley Fingelstein explained on the call, we are consolidating our network to larger facilities. We will operate more of them ourselves. We'll unify the warehouse management software. Right, so they're kind of bringing this more in-house, making this uh, more of a value-added service offered by Shopify as opposed to a kind of network model of a bunch of third parties that is more fragmented, right? And what they're speaking, right? Everyone's got different software. Stuff might get lost. The tracking might not all be correct, right? We've all kind of had some of those issues. I know I have with uh, some Shopify orders coming through. I still get it, but it's just not as dialed in. Whereas if you were to streamline it and manage it more in-house. So they've started to do this. Now, a couple months later, actually hasn't been announced, it's been rumored. Shopify is in talks to buy tech startup Deliver. Could be a two plus billion dollar deal. The interesting thing with Deliver is Deliver actually started working like Walmart was one of Deliver's biggest customers. I remember years ago seeing Deliver and Walmart team up to, to help with some last mile fulfillment, these kinds of things. Deliver helps merchants on Amazon, eBay, and other online marketplaces get products to consumers in two days or less. They use analytics to predict where people might be interested in buying, right? It uses that information to position items in its warehousing network to achieve swift delivery. All similar things we just heard Shopify talking about now for like three years. You know, Deliver's already working with Shopify. They're already, you know, here's Walmart, boom, right in the middle. As I was saying, they worked with Walmart from the early, early, early days. I mean, that play is really more so to the actual small merchant, right? To kind of say, hey, use Deliver. You can handle fulfillment on all these different places. Now wanting to bring this capability in-house and then offer this as a service to Shopify's merchants. Makes a ton of sense when you kind of you look at the dots, right? From three years ago to a couple months ago to this, still asset light, right? Deliver isn't owning warehouses, right? But it's it's really that technology layer to help coordinate, bring intelligence, and then offer all the tools to merchants, and then down to the different constituents within the fulfillment solution. Shopify also is making its its own investments, more asset-heavy investments. The Shopify deal, if it, if it happens, if it goes through, is another great example of something we've talked about on the show before, which are these middle market tech companies that can use M&A to accelerate their growth, unlike the large tech monopolies, right, that have had at least one or maybe both hands tied behind their back to do tech M&A. And now you're seeing the middle market tech competitors like Shopify use tech M&A to accelerate growth 
this deal goes through. Another great example of what we call our SUS companies. You got Salesforce in there buying Slack. You got Etsy in there buying a couple deals. Go check. You got Uber in there buying a couple companies. You got um, Spotify doing interesting things. So a few companies we highlight in our SUS category, uh, Shopify being one of those, using tech M&A to do some interesting things and, and accelerate growth. I like this, frankly. You know, what does every marketplace need? Also applies to e-commerce, but what does every marketplace need once they get to a certain level of scale? What are the two key value-added services that every marketplace needs? Payments, financing, and shipping. Shop has Shopify has Shop Pay. Now they're gonna have Shop Ship. Last one here. So great example of tech protectionism doing its thing. We've talked. Many times on the show, how the Chinese tech environment uh, and community greatly benefited from extreme tech protectionism provided to the country's tech fledgling tech startup community by the Chinese government. And then that was a smart decision by the Chinese government and helped uh, China's tech community and startup and VC community become what it is today. Some people don't like that narrative, but they're wrong. Fast forward to this story. Short video app, basically a TikTok competitor, raises 805, don't forget the five, million dollars, that's US dollars. But there's a couple apps in India, like Josh is kind of the, the TikTok direct competitor. They have another app called Daily Hunt. Anyway, company has raised $1.65 billion in total. The India TikTok ban went into place June 2020, but they were talking about it, right, for, you know, a couple months leading up to that. Hey, we, you know, China, the China and India beefing. May of 2020, the company raised $30 million. Then they raised a little bit more, about $10 million more in November, okay? So there is like $40 million, definitely aided by India tech protectionism, rumored, and then actually happening. You know, they were worth a few hundred million dollars leading up to their 2020 raise, right? So they raised in 2019 about $65 million. They called it a $340, $350 million valuation. They had certainly kind of been in somewhat of a lull. They were raising money in 2016 at a $330 million valuation, right? So not too much change there, 2016 to 2019. Boom. 2020 happens, raised another $40 million. Then they raised $200 million at a $1.1 billion valuation in February of 2021. So within a year, really within like eight months of the ban going through, their valuation more than doubled, right? More than doubled. Now the company just raised $1.27 billion dollars. They raised 480 in January of 2020. Then they raised another 800 in April of this year at a $5 billion valuation. You want to talk about tech protectionism. This is the darling child of tech protectionism. You had a Chinese competitor in your country stealing your people's data all day long. Don't even start with me and say that TikTok is secure. It's absolutely not. It is a tool of the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party, making money off of your people. 
not really giving you any jobs, right? Like it's all really Chinese engineers. That's the whole problem with it. Maybe they would give you some sales and marketing people in, in India and say, oh, look at all the jobs we're creating. That's what they did here in the US. It's a complete joke. They're just trying to sell ads to then all that money goes where? Back to China, along with your data. So anyway, just in the past few months, since the ban was official, official, June 2020, this company has raised $1.5 billion and went from a, call it $500 million valuation to $5 billion in less than two years. It doesn't happen unless the Indian government bans TikTok. Doesn't happen. Does not happen. Think about all the jobs that are now being created in India. Think about the security that you have knowing that you have a local Indian tech company and, and, and all your data is now on servers located in India with a company that you have a hell of a lot more trust for than this Chinese content platform. Tech protectionism works. That's it for us today. I want to take all big one. Lots of great topics today. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll talk to you soon.